0: Um, I'll start okay uh, with since you're already talking about fantasy, like I just wanna get
1: into high fantasy. hmm Um So that makes me mad now that you said that you like <laughs> high fantasy and you haven't read the novel.
0: Which is <laughs> wild. I don't know why like I never really thought I was reading high fantasy because
1: and welcome back to the book jar podcast where both me and my friend Megan discuss book related news topics and uh other things on a bi-weekly basis uh how are you today Megan I'm doing well I'm a little tired a little tired but that's normal we do have some tea the tea situated is helping. thank you. you for
0: that yeah thank you for
1: letting me rate it how are you I'm I'm doing good thank you for asking I didn't know if you were gonna remember to I can interact with people <laughs> i can communicate <laughs> i can communicate normally she says in an extremely strained <laughs> voice all right uh so if you are new to our podcast thank you so much for tuning in for the first time this is basically how it works is we pull a topic from our book uh jar um each week at the end of the podcast and then we talk about it in the next week's podcast so last week we pulled out a topic it was actually what are your go-to genres mm-hmm. Now, really quickly, before we discuss that today, we are going to talk about the books we've read since we last convened. Yeah. So, um, you want to start? Sure. So, I only read three
0: three books, which is pretty impressive for me. Mm-hmm. I think each time I've only had one book. So, okay, let's start. It's been a while since, well, we recorded before Christmas. Yes. So, I wanted to read a book. That was like a holiday version mm-hmm. sort of book. So it's called We Met in December by Rosie Curtis. Okay. And it was basically just like a cutesy little romance. Right. Nothing hard to read. Very quick to read. Mm-hmm. And it was just, you know, it was good. Yeah. Didn't challenge me in any it way. It didn't. It wasn't amazing, maybe, but yeah. it was good. It was good. Yeah. Um. But I mean, we'll probably talk about it a little bit here, but romance isn't usually my go-to genre um what else i read the boy the mole the fox the horse by charlie maxie
1: and it's like a graphic novel yeah so i saw that and i saw that it was a graphic novel and i when i saw that you had read it um and we're going to talk about the app that we use to spot on each other's reads I was so proud of you. <laughs> I was like, I know that's a graphic novel. And I know that's not usually what she grabs. And I'm so proud of her for grabbing it.
0: Well, and it's just such a beautiful book. And I've always seen it and I was like, I yeah. really want to read that. Like it looks so interesting. And so I'm mm-hmm. glad I picked it up. It only took me probably like, I don't know, half an hour, 45 minutes to read. Yeah. But I yeah, I
1: definitely recommend that one for anyone. That is one of the appeals of graphic novels, is they are such a short read. Mm-hmm so that's always a really like a big draw for me personally um anything else that you read i did read iron
0: widow jiren jiao i think i mentioned that in our last podcast that i was going to read it yeah and followed through on your promise so i like did. it i did and it's a very good young adult book i i
1: appreciated it yeah it's on my list to read which we will talk about at the end of the podcast so i'm jumping ahead Sounds so good. i'm going to talk about what i've read okay So I did read a few books. Uh, Laura Olympus was one that I picked up. I've seen that. I'm starting to see that everywhere. I guess I should say. I really, really love it. Mm -hmm. Like with my entire heart and soul. So much so that I actually will count this as two books because I read Laura Olympus and then I went on the Webtoon app, which it is a Webtoon comic, which is really awesome that um, Rachel Smith has created She created this Webtoon and then she got published Mm -hmm. as a result. It's such a beautiful book. Highly recommend. Um, But you can read kind of the whole story on Webtoon. Uh, There's some editing things here and there, but I don't usually critique that with anything I'm reading off of like an app because I know they don't go through such a rigorous editing process. They do have editors, but they're working pretty quickly. Mm -hmm. So I don't judge there uh but stunning story overall so I actually finished everything that she has posted so far <laughs> uh and it's really great it's really interesting to see where the story goes I think it's one of the best examples of a like a healthy relationship yeah I've seen awesome. in um books and I'm gonna kind of leave it there before I start rambling I-, I also read uh The Ones we're Meant to Find yes. by Joanne He uh, you know I'm glad you read it. I wanted you to read it, <laughs> it as soon very, as I finished it. It was very good. We do uh, publish our, like, full reviews of these books if you're curious for more information on our Instagram account, which is the book jar pod. Um, and so you can find kind of a more detailed summary there. For Laura Olympus, I gave it uh, four and a half, sorry, 4.25 stars out of 5. <laughs> um in total and uh with the ones we're meant to find i give it four and a half out of five stars which is a pretty high rating for me that you know is. i don't like to go to close to the five so yeah. i was really impressed with that one i read sailor moon 10 as oh, well right you need because uh, i needed series. to finish my series very quick and easy read uh nothing too substantial to note there but uh, not substantial but new to note there rather um, yeah. And then I'm in the process of reading Stardust. So I'm about a quarter of the way into that. So okay, that's a Neil Gaiman novel. Uh, very good. Very, very much loving that. So again, if you want more of a detailed breakdown, we will have already posted them by the time this podcast comes out, or we will be in the process of posting our mm-hmm. reviews. So definitely go check it out there if you want more information on these books that we've read. And then there's one more thing. So this is a little bit off topic or off our little system here for the book jar podcast. But we are going to talk about, since this is the first recording of the new year, mm-hmm. our book goals and our reading goals for the upcoming year. Um, so I have, I have for a while, I've always had an app for the past, I'd say about six or seven years where I tracked books. And it was originally called the, the 50 book pledge. And then it got changed to my book pledge and then they actually stopped supporting the site. (laughs) So I had to find a new one and I found a new one and I've actually got you hooked on it now. So it's called the story graph Mm -hmm. and I really like it for tracking books. I'm not a huge fan of Goodreads. I don't like the organization. I don't like how it looks. I've I've just never really been a fan. So when my book pledge actually shut down, I was really sad that I was going to have to go to Goodreads. I know they have a substantial user base, so that is a draw of it. But I, I really like the story graph and how it's set up. And you can create community challenges and all this stuff. Um, so we both have accounts there. If you're interested in checking out what we're reading at the moment, it'll all be on there. Um, my username is Maddie Dancer and I'm Sailor Megan. You're Sailor Megan, yes. We should put that on our Instagram. Let's do that. And then we'll do that. Yeah, I think that's a great choice. Um, but in there, you can actually set your reading goals for the year. So for 2022, I have pledged to read uh, 52 books, which is a book a week. That's impressive. I think you can do it though. Oh, I can do it for sure. <laughs> I just have to not leave it all until December, which I love to do. I love putting stress <laughs> on myself in December and trying to accomplish Some the things. thing. Some
0: people thrive on that though. You I know, do.
1: I really thrive do. thrive
0: on the stress. of But that. what
1: I need to do is I need to hit 52 before December. And then still put myself under the stress and then I'll probably read like 104, you know, just, you know, just double it. Just double it. No problem. Uh, I also have a pages goal set up, which you you can do in the story graph app, which is really awesome. I really like that. So I have 17,000 pages as my goal. Right. I put a little higher than about 300 uh, pages per book. Um, And I know that this will actually push me to read a few more books because I read, I do read a lot of graphic novels and manga. Mm. So those tend to be shorter in the pages count and that kind of stuff. So yeah, it'll be, I think that's pretty good for me. Uh, I know you have a, a little bit of a different reading goal.
0: Yeah. So for me, it's not so much how many books I'm going to read. Like I did say, like, I think I want to hit about 30 books, something mm-hmm. manageable that I think I can, I can hit. Mm-hmm. Um, But I want to just branch out with new genres that I'm right. not used to. Cause right now, you know, I'm very into fantasy, am very into like fiction, young adult novels, mm-hmm. but I really want to do, so like with each new book I start, it's a different genre from the book I just read or the last two books, I guess I've read kind of. So it's not like, oh, interesting. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, I really want to try poetry.
1: Oh, I, I got you covered uh, Yeah,
0: <laughs> I got you my library here. Yeah. <laughs> um, Try, like, even legal thrillers. Like, I like thrillers, but I'm like, I feel like I would love legal thrillers. Like, yeah. like lawyers and stuff. I can cover you there, too. Yeah. <laughs> um, some more sci-fi, graphic novels, nonfiction, and classics. Those are kind of
1: what I'm hoping to read a little bit of and hopefully find a new genre. Yeah, so I actually really love that. Um, My non-numerical like num- numerical book goal this year is to read, actually... Try to stick more to my TBR list, which is really hard. Instead of just adding <laughs> yeah. to the TBR finish list, finish the TBR list. This so year. I actually went through, and I have a whole bunch of like random scraps of paper, like legitimately random scraps of paper that are in a pile, and they're all the books that I've ever written down, like made lists of that I've wanted to read. Oh, wow. And I'm in the process of translating that over to the StoryGraph app. And once it's all in there, I'm going to try to stick to it for most of the year. Um, I know that's not realistic, but I, I do want to actually ch- like chip away at that list.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, and when new novels come up and stuff like that and things that trend on like TikTok and Instagram, like I'm not going to say no to reading them, but I I do want to kind of focus more on the stuff that I've been putting off. Yeah. So that's kind of my personal goal, especially if I already own the book, because there's lots of books that I own that yes. I haven't read and I'd love for the percentage of Owned and read and owned and unread ratio to be just a little bit more skewed toward the red side. <laughs> yeah. I would say it's like 50-50 right now, but I'd I'd love for it to be like 70-30 or yeah more in that, that range. That would be nice. Yeah.
0: Goal. I like it.
1: Uh yeah, so then we're on to today's topic. So go-to genres.
0: Wow. Okay.
1: Um <laughs> Well, so just to kind of start this off, uh, we went pretty hard into this topic a little bit. (laughs) So we didn't want to talk about just like generic genres because we knew that would be a very short podcast because it was going to be a really simple answer is Mm -hmm. that we're both tend to be drawn to young adult novels. Mm -hmm. I think that's one category we go through a lot. Like anytime I'm in a bookstore, I go to the young adult section and I check out what's there. Like that's one of my first steps. And then I go to the fantasy section. Yeah. And... Those two sections always get visited. So, like, generically speaking, I think we can both say, like, young adult and fantasy better if it's a combo. Like, yeah. Yeah. Two two birds, one one stone. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Um, But we did actually push ourselves to go more into subgenres. So, let's kind of just speak. Broadly, I guess, with, um, I I did write down some books that I really like in the young adult and the fantasy genre, just specifically, yeah. and then I broke it down further. So for young adults, I highly recommend any John Green book, which I have lots of thoughts about, you know? I know, we gotta talk about
0: him one of these days.
1: Yeah, um, that's a whole podcast topic on its own, but I think John Green is, he, he, he hit a height of popularity and he really fell. Mm-hmm. And he's been coming back up a little bit, but his young adult books, I just, I think they're meant to be read by adults. um, And that's such a weird thing to say, but they're really, their themes are really, really mature. Mm -hmm. Not in the sense that there's a whole bunch of like sex or drugs or anything like that, although there is a little bit of that. Is it's, it's, it's what he's doing with common tropes. Like he loves to play with the manic, um the manic pixie girl trope but he kind of subverts it in a really interesting way and if you're too young and you're reading this i i find that like some people really miss it and they think that he's kind of idolizing the trope mm-hmm. which i don't think is what he's doing so i have lots of thoughts about john green i think um paper towns is one of the most underrated books in a sense because it got really popular i think for the wrong reasons mm-hmm. Um, I'm kind of low-key in love with that novel. Um, Turtles All the Way Down was beautiful. Like, a beautiful book if you want to read something that will make you want to cry, but not necessarily cry. Like, it has that, like, just sadness to it. Um, And then, of course, The Fault in Our Stars is kind of his most famous one. Most famous one, yeah. Most people have read that one, for sure. Yeah. Um, Which was, like, very good, but it's definitely not my favorite of his. But I also... A go-to genre that I've pushed myself away from very, very harshly is I used to read a lot of the medical um, tragedies. Yes, um, cancer books. That was specifically. a time in your life. That was a time in my life. Lots of Lurley <laughs> McDaniel in there. <laughs> she really, she really had a hold on my mind for a while. Mm-hmm. Which is all about either people getting cancer and dying, or people getting into car crashes and living with the trauma. Like they're very traumatic books. So um, I don't read a lot of that anymore because I feel like I've had my, my fill.
0: <laughs> You've learned all you need to learn about
1: that. Yeah. I'm sure. <laughs> uh, two other books I want to mention really quickly is the book the- by Marcus uh, Zusak, which I may be pronouncing incorrectly and I do apologize, but I think that that's a book we've both read Yeah, and thought was stunningly beautiful, written from the perspective of death, which is super cool. Very interesting concept. I love it. Um... And then Speak by Laurie Hulse Anderson, which is a story about a girl. And this has some content warning, just kind of attached to the front of it, is uh, she's sexually assaulted. Um, And it's just kind of like her emotional recovery through that. Mm -hmm. A very beautiful book, definitely deals with some content that some people might not be comfortable with. So kind of take that one with a grain of salt. Do you have any like off-key young adult books you'd recommend um oh and i tried they're
0: all i'm gonna be honest most of them are fantasy or like in some some other genre mm-hmm. um well one i just thought of when you were talking like it is a fantasy novel but it i didn't mention it in my other ones but it's called the merciful crow by margaret owen oh and it's it was just very interesting to me because it was like during a plague and it just they're they're like these I don't know. Death Doctor, sort of, but they like help put these people out of their misery, I guess you could say, if they have the plague. Interesting. But they can't get the plague because there is some like magical elements going on. Mm-hmm. Anyways, it's a very interesting read. Young adult for sure. Has the romance, has all the stuff. That's the only thing that I can think of that I didn't put in my <laughs> in other
1: other categories. But yeah, nothing specific, like just just young just adult. young adults. Yeah, yeah. I feel like I've been drawn more to the just young adults versus the young adult fantasy than you.
0: It's more, yeah. Like I don't love reading young adult contemporary. I guess that would That's be it? the term. Yeah, that would be the term for it. As I would much probably as put I... contemporary first, but yeah,
1: contemporary young adult <laughs>
0: <laughs> logistics. It's
1: logistics. Funny. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Other categories. So fantasy. I. I. Lots of my subgenres are actually in the fantasy genre. So I didn't have too many, like, general recommendations for fantasy, but uh, Lord of the Rings is one of those books that I find surprising when I talk about it with people because so many people who love fantasy novels haven't actually read it. I haven't read it. I didn't actually know that, so that broke <laughs> me a little bit. Um, that, that's breaking my heart. You should definitely read it because... I, I think, like, when it was, po- like, you know, obviously it's an older book, but it, mm-hmm.
0: when it was kind of popular for people my age, I just wasn't, I don't know. I just, it was a huge undertaking. I felt yeah. like, so I just never
1: picked it up. Cause I was like, ah, it's too, too many words, too many words, too many pages. Yeah. yeah. I, I kind of always felt the same way. And I, I was one of those weird ones where because I, the movie was so popular when I was growing up, that it was impossible not to have seen the movie. And I had seen the movie before. Like, when I was really young, way too young to be watching the movie. And then I remember watching the movie when I was older and just being like, wow, this is not what I remember it was. And it's fabulous. Like, I love this movie. And I was so in love with the movie that I was scared to pick up the book. Mm -hmm. Because I was so scared that I would like the movie better. Yeah. And that was, like, really weird for me because I never liked the movie better. Like, I never... But I also didn't want to ruin the movie by reading the book. So it was, like, this really weird relationship. And... I was convinced by one of my friends to um, actually read them. I was I was kind of forced, actually, to be quite <laughs> yeah. frank. He was he sat me down with the books, basically, um, and yeah, fabulous. Like really well written. They don't really, to me, they don't take anything away from the movie. Okay, like there's lots that's not in the movie and that's fine and it makes sense that it's not in the movie but then there's stuff that they did in the movie that like wouldn't have made sense to do in the books like like in the same way like I liked that there was things missing and they really actually changed a few things because it made reading the books really really remarkable and they feel like two different things like yes they are the same story yes they are all that but like it is a different experience reading the book versus seeing the movie and it's a slightly different story so it's I don't really think it takes anything away, but I'm I'm always really shocked to hear that people haven't read the books when they like fantasy. So I, it's always one of my top recommendations is for them uh, to actually read it. Oh, well, you got me. To <laughs> you right. I'm got sure me. I'll be reading Lord of the Rings sometime. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Uh, any other general categories you wanted to talk about, or are you getting right into your subgenres? I'm ready for subgenres. Okay. Do you want me to start, or do you want to?
0: um i'll start
1: okay um, since you already talking about fantasy
0: like i just want to get into high fantasy Mm-hmm. um so that makes me mad now that you said <laughs> that you like high fantasy and you haven't read the know, <laughs> which is wild i don't know why like i never really thought i was reading high fantasy because and maybe this is like a prejudice against like young adult books mm-hmm. but when you read a young adult fantasy book you don't really think they're high fantasy
1: yeah well, Which is like the term of high being in the title of that subgenre technically, is that it really does make it seem like it's about quality versus mm-hmm. actual um, categorization of the book, right? So for anyone who doesn't know, and it's totally fine if you don't or you've never heard that term high fantasy before, but a high fantasy novel is one that is completely embedded in a fantastical world. So it has a whole u- new universe or world or place that is entirely separate from the world as we know it. So, mm-hmm. And this is contrasted with what is called low fantasy. Again, not the quality of writing, more about how much fantasy is involved. Uh, low fantasy would be something more like Harry Potter technically. Um, where you have elements of fantasy being embedded into our worlds yeah and of course then there's degrees that are different there right there's low fantasy to the point where it's just like kind of magical abilities but there's not like witches and wizards and that kind of thing or it's like twilight or or the harry potter series or city of bones or whatever i'm naming all these series that we don't really actually (laughs) love all that much (laughs) yeah but (laughs) you get the point so high fantasy is a great one
0: yeah and you know a few books that i read like i wasn't really sure if they were fitting to this category Mm -hmm. because like well the one book so i mean i'll talk about first because i can kind of explain it but it's called the witchland series and i don't know if i've ever talked to you about this book before. i don't think so i don't know if you've heard of it And honestly, I don't know. Like, just listen, and I'm okay. Like, why haven't you like recommended this to me? So, basically, obviously, it's called the Witchlands. So, most people have some type of like witch power of any sort. Like, there's truth witch. There's like blood witch. There's wind witch. Like, a lot, and. She, the author, Susan Denard, she, like, goes into so much detail about her world. Like, I just love it. Like, if you love world building, that's it for you. Um, if you like magic, obviously there's mm-hmm. magic. Friendship, strong female characters. Um, she's very intricate with everything. Like, she has about four books now and a novella. hmm And I just don't know how she keeps it straight. <laughs> i don't understand but basically what i was thinking you would like it is because there's hints of dragon age inquisition like
1: your fave game <laughs> i'm i'm like actually like I, this turned into the marissa gets upset at megan podcast <laughs> right now like i cannot believe you have not recommended this i
0: know i was thinking about it, i'm like
1: this author has
0: actually said that she's taken inspiration from Dragon Age, which is a video game, by the way, for those who aren't very, sh- uh, aren't sure what <laughs> aren't it is, sure. <laughs> um, so, like, she's actually, it's inspired by it, inspired by it. it, like, there's a little bit of, like, Avatar Last Airbender kind of vibes to very it, good. yes, yeah, Um, what else, what else can I say, little bit of romance to keep you going, gotta,
1: gotta have a little bit of romance to but keep nothing you crazy,
0: like, she's one of those authors that, like, if she writes the romance too much too soon, like, she'll kind of, like, give up on the romance sort of thing. And I yeah. feel like that's how I am as a reader. So I just, like, fit with her writing style. Yeah. So I really love that. I don't know. I just had to bring it up because I'm like, I haven't even told Marissa about this fantastic... I
1: cannot believe I've not heard of this before, but I am glad that I'm hearing about it now. So at least yeah. we have that. Yeah. Um High fantasy is really interesting to me. I I actually didn't add it to one of my go-to
0: Ooh.
1: categories. Um, so I went with <laughs> the complete opposite of low fantasy. <laughs> um, I really enjoy a lot of like low fantasy novels, or or and this this is technically a separate category, but urban fantasy. So right. Um, Low fantasy has elements of our world. Urban fantasy has obviously elements of like a cityscape. It doesn't necessarily have to be earth. So sometimes there is some overlap there. Mm -hmm. But I do really like that like idea of like modern society meets magic versus entirely medieval. Like I or medieval-esque or that kind of like feeling to it. So I really do find myself drawn to those. Uh, One that falls in this category is actually Discovery of Witches by Deborah Harkness. Side note, um, Harkness is maybe the best last name I've ever heard for being a fantasy writer. Harkness, yeah. Like darkness, but with an Like, I don't know. I, <laughs> I think that's beautiful. She left yeah. out with her name there. Um, it's the part of the All Souls trilogy. Um, it follows a history of science professor at Yale. Who um, begins to embrace her magical side of being a witch um, as she finds uh, these, like, long-lost manuscripts. So there's lots of elements of history being woven in, um, and it's actually one of the drawbacks of this series, I find, is that she gets a little bit caught up in, like, recounting history or being historically accurate or... As Well, as historically accurate as a low fantasy novel yeah, can be. Yeah. <laughs> but it, it's almost at times, and I don't want to spoil too much about the series, but it almost at times falls into, like, this feels like historical fiction with witches. Oh, cool. Which is very interesting. And I think it's both a benefit and a drawback. Like, those sections tend, did tend to go on a little bit too long, I found, and they drug a bit. But they were really well done at the same time. And, like, I really trusted that she knew what she was talking about. hmm um but essentially it's all about this very forbidden romance uh between a witch and a vampire
0: love forbidden romance. yeah forbidden love you gotta you gotta
1: (laughs) you gotta have one of those on the shelf at all (laughs) times um yeah so i i think that would be one i recommend it does not have the amazing writing that i usually like i sometimes find myself really drawn to uh, but the plot and the ideas are so fantastic that like it totally makes up for any. Um, because uh, Deborah Harkness was, a, I believe, a professor herself, so she didn't oh, actually cool. come from a writing background, really a creative writing background. So you can kind of tell in certain sections that that was maybe a little bit of a weaker skill in mm-hmm. the beginning. But I I really do love them. I've had them. I had them recommended to me, and I. I Basically, binged all of them. So, how many are there? Sorry, there's three. Three. Yeah, books. so it's a trilogy. Okay, so it's yeah. Not, not, not huge. too bad. They are quite like they're good length. Like they're no, you know, Priory of the Orange Tree, like 800 pages, yeah. but they're they're definitely not like 200 and then move on. Okay. So yeah, that that's definitely one of my favorite subgenres, and I find myself pulled to lots. I like that
0: um well i'll do one that we both have okay so she says with
1: a question mark <laughs> and I'm sure you
0: have it um science fiction dystopian
1: yes i love this so this is the one case in which i have to admit that i read more science fiction than i realize because like in my mind science fiction is a separate category from dystopia, which is not true at all. It is actually dystopia is technically a subgenre of science fiction. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, dystopia. So, any dystopian novel, if you're kind of newer to that term, deals with generally any sort of post apocalyptic, generally, a society, but not necessarily, mm-hmm. um, world in which there are elements that are, how would you say, like, Non-desirable, undesirable, I guess, is a good way to put it. Yeah, like the opposite of a utopia, obviously, because it's yeah. a dystopia. But yeah, yeah we have, um, yeah, so you're going to have a lot of uh, police states and mm-hmm. atomic bombs and government fringe control. society and government controls. So this is very typical of The Hunger Games is kind of one of the more famous examples. Yep. I do love the Hunger Games. I have nothing against that series. Really, I think there's some. We could talk about that in the different podcasts, But uh, that would actually not be one of my top recommendations. Um, my top recommendation from that category would be Pure by Juliana Baggett. Okay. Um, which I know is a book that I've been looking for quite some time <laughs> to pick up. So this is um, what what I find interesting about this is this was actually one of the first adult dystopian novels that I read. Oh, okay. Specifically not dealing with young adults, not dealing with teenagers. this was the grown woman mm-hmm. kind of coming into a, a post-apoc- coming into age of a, in a post-apocalyptic society. Um, it takes place after atomic bombs have destroyed most of the world. Okay. Um, and left people literally like riddled with scars. So essentially what happened, they called them the detonations. So after the detonations went off, basically whatever people were doing at the time, they kind of became literally fused with. So our, one of our main characters in the novel, uh, Precia, was a young girl at the time that the bombs went off. And so she was holding a doll and her hand became fused with the doll's head. So her hand is actually a doll's head. Interesting. Yeah. There's another character and he was fused um, so that he actually has wings. Oh, um, and then there's, uh, I believe they're called the mothers. Um, so they were holding children, and they were fused with their children, like alive. Yeah. Okay. Um. So there are, well, some of them are alive, some of them are dead. Like it's very, it's very graphic. It's very horrific. It's not because it's it's pretty. Yeah, it's not pretty. Katniss Everdeen with a bow. You know, like yeah. it's nothing like that. It's very, very graphic. And then it is contrasted by the people who are called the peers. So the peers were the few people in society who made it to what is called the dome, which was a protective bubble. So they aren't fused with anything. They are pure. And um, their society is super interesting because they are limited on supplies. So there's actually... um, some discussion about like so this would be a trigger warning I would have for anyone reading it is there's discussion about how suicide is a good thing, so mm-hmm. um, in that society, it's actually looked at as like, oh, if you can't survive, then you should not pass your genes on, you should mm-hmm. which is definitely I would have a trigger warning on that if you um can't deal with suicidal content. I would not pick up this series for sure, yeah, but it is a really great series, um little bits of romance will win through this world. But it's definitely not the focus. Okay. Uh, so it is a trilogy as well, so.
0: Okay, that's cool. I honestly didn't even know that's what that book was about. So. <laughs> that's pretty interesting. Perfect. <laughs> um, Yeah, so, I don't know. It just got me thinking when I was looking into dystopians, like, maybe the reason we have read so much is because when we were, like, in high school, there was, like, this huge boom of, like, dystopian... Young Adult. Young specifically Adult. Specifically novel. So yes. You had, like The Hunger Games. You had Divergent. Um, the Maze Runner. I don't know if you ever read The Maze Runner before.
1: I did, actually. Did you?
0: Okay. I liked that one a lot, personally. Yeah,
1: that one was <laughs> interesting. I read that as an adult, so I didn't actually pick that up when it was, like, at its most popular. hmm But I definitely picked up um, The Hunger Games and Divergent, um, which I would love to have a whole series on the Divergent series because i have thoughts on how (laughs) how that series went from one of my favorites to one of my least definitely i remember you talking about it yeah i'm very passionate about how much i do not love (laughs) (laughs) the ending of that series but that's a topic for another podcast um yeah I, I do think that's why we're drawn to them though like there was just so many of them there were so
0: many and they were like they were good I thought they were, you know they were entertaining at least mm-hmm. maybe not necessarily like the best written or like a very unique plotline or anything mm-hmm. like that um but I just know like you know I've read I don't know if you've ever read Delirium by Lauren I was oh, just about
1: it? to look up that one actually so Delirium was one of my favorite concepts so I'm totally stealing your thunder here. Go ahead. ahead. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Um, Delirium. The idea behind delirium was that uh, love was considered to be a disease, which I thought was really cool. It was an interesting concept. Yeah. It's like, so So you get a serum when you turn like 18 or something when that like basically inhibits you from feeling like true romantic love and true love. So love and like family love is based off of being like, obedient and like mm-hmm. it's it's very it's very weird how it shifts all the family dynamics like they're not actually they I believe if I'm remembering correctly they don't actually live with their own parents who birthed them like they're actually sent to different households and like there's just this like distinct disconnect from love and so yeah and you follow your main character who is definitely um definitely being awoken to how powerful love can maybe yes. be and i f-
0: freaking love that series yes, i do love it too and it's like it's not really a spoiler but basically she meets someone before she goes through the the process of of getting uh her
1: love her love removed Winner. her love removed. i, don't I love can't remember what they call it in the novel but it is actually a really good one so if you were interested in young adult or you want a kind of quick and easy read which is sometimes why i'm drawn to young adult novels is it's really easy to just dive into them and then I can read them in about well one night and then it's mm-hmm. done um if you're looking for something like that I'd actually highly recommend that series I thought it was pretty well done and it was a great concept yes very good um I just have like a
0: couple other examples of just more like adult dystopian because if you're okay. all, like well you talked about pure but like I personally haven't like read too many like I read The Road by Cormac McCarthy yeah, I think you have that book. I
1: do. It's one of the ones that I haven't read, but yeah. I do <laughs> own.
0: So like that one, I remember I read like a long time ago. It's definitely a slow read. Yeah. But it, it's it's a good dystopian book for sure yeah. if you're interested in that. Um, you know, Fahrenheit 451. Yeah. Uh,
1: Which four is actually four. on my list of books I've really wanted to read for
0: a while. I haven't read it either. But <laughs> it, was, it was. I'm just suggesting these. Hand hands Made Tale. I'm sure everyone's heard of that one. Yeah. And, yeah, those are kind of, like, ones that if you're interested in getting into it, but you're not really wanting to do, like, a young adult book yet, or, you know, some people might not want to. Or if you're like, I need to just dip my toes in it, do The Hunger Games, do Delirium, do...
1: Well, you can
0: start Divergent. I just wouldn't hold my breath for the finale. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, I think I read... How many books are in Divergent again? Three. Three.
1: It was a trilogy. That was also another thing is all of these were, like... (laughs) trilogies it yeah. was like it was it like was the dystopian so trilogy because <laughs> requiem if i'm remembering correctly is also a trilogy yes um and divergent was a trilogy hunger Games. hunger Games. i don't know i'm gonna have to do more research into that i feel like there's a story of why they're all trilogies i don't know if that's just an I don't, easy I, I sell or but i feel like at that time like
0: maybe that's just what publishers are realizing we're selling was like these trilogies so then by three sudden... and then
1: you're done it's yeah. more than one but it's not 20 yeah, yeah. so they were just like
0: making all these I don't know contracts with these authors like oh you got to finish three books yeah but I personally got super sick of reading three books like I with had, some of them yeah. with some of them and then it's like okay like we talked about before but it's like if I started a book in a series I felt like I had to finish the whole series before I could move on to other books yeah which was like super draining especially if the books aren't even that good mm-hmm so when it was finally like, now I feel like we're doing a lot of more standalone
1: books and like Standalones. duologies or just straight out series. Like, I don't mind if it's a 12 yeah. book series, if it's good if and it's it needed good. to be 12 books. Yeah,
0: exactly. If there's a reason for it to be 12 books and it's not drawn out over three books that aren't even that yeah good. So anyways, kind of off topic there, but <laughs> dystopians are great.
1: Dystopian. Yeah, I have, uh, I have a few more um so i'll 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 do one uh one of my favorite subgenres of fantasy mm-hmm. is the fairy tale um mm-hmm. subgenre so this this takes basically one of two forms um there's some that are just very fairy tale esque like they just feel like fairy tales they just kind of act like fairy tales um and then there's the others that are loose retellings or based off of kind of novels, so spinning silver by Naomi Novik is one of. One of the ones I I really did enjoy reading. Um, it is loosely based off of the tale of Rumpelstiltskin. Oh. Which is very interesting to me because yeah. it's a recognizable enough fairy tale that you know it's a fairy tale. But it's it's not one that got retold a lot. Like mm-hmm. it's not Rapunzel or Cinderella or anything like that. I highly recommend that if you like this subgenre. That, that was such a tremendous read for me. I haven't read any of her other books, but I've heard... Um, well, I've heard Uprooted was quite good. And then um, I'm not really sure about her other ones. Yeah. So um, but she definitely deals with a lot of the fairy tale retellings, and I, I just I just personally really love that. Uh Ellie Enchanted by Gil Carson Levine. I've talked about this before, one of my favorite books of all time. Oh, yes. I do love to reread it even to this day. It is definitely, definitely more young adult, I'd say even almost children's. Um, so definitely not dealing with too mature of content there, but it is the retelling of Cinderella in what I think is a really interesting take, um, which is really cool to me because Cinderella has been retold so many times in so many different ways that when I find one that I actually really am drawn to, I, I really enjoy it. Mm -hmm. And then there's what I would call the adult, um, take on it. So AS Byatt, uh, loves to work with fairy tale-esque stories um and the little black book of stories is just a whole bunch of little fairy tales if you enjoy fairy tales or you enjoy retellings i and you want something a little bit more mature a little bit more adult i can't recommend recommend this one enough it is like such a mature take on fairy tales and such a crazy uh like very brothers grim-esque yeah fairy tales i was gonna say this remind
0: me of brothers grim because even like the original fairy tales you're actually like oh the prince is blind <laughs> yeah this? oh she's bleeding like the little mermaid yeah. like i yeah. don't know if people know the original stories but yeah
1: yeah and so i really enjoy that she went very adult with it and that's actually like one of the uh when i was um researching for this and i was looking up A.S. Byatt's book again and I I like the first description was like A.S. Byatt like Brothers Grimm knows that story or fairy tales are actually for adults Mm -hmm. and I was like yeah that's (laughs) how I feel (laughs) so yeah if you're interested in the subgenre, that's one I can't recommend enough I like it's so pervasive in my mind that I keep it's one of those books where, you know, you, you, you're you looking for a replacement for like it was it had that kind of impact on me that I legitimately every time I go into a bookstore, I, I took it from the library also. So, like, I don't own a copy of it. And that makes me very sad. And I look for it in all the bookstores yeah. I go into. Aww. And it's actually I want to buy it used, but I can't ever find it anywhere. Mm-hmm. So I'm sure you can find it on like Amazon or anything like that. But. It's one of those books that I, I just really want to own because I love so much. Mm-hmm. So can't recommend that one enough. Um, I have one more sub genre. Do you are you tapped out or do you have another? Um, I have one more I can talk a little
0: bit about. Okay. I'll go ahead. So mine, like I also, I like mystery thrillers as well. Oh, very good. Um, so like who done it kind of mm-hmm. one specifically, because I love like you know, reading along with the main character and being like, "How are they going to solve this? Who's out of all the people in their life? Who's the killer? Who's mm-hmm. this?" Blah 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 blah. Um. So yeah, who done it? I mean, it's kind of straightforward, but it's basically like the perpetrator of the crime or murder is like discovered at the end of the book. So it mm-hmm. takes a while. To, like, there's gonna be like red herrings. There's gonna be like actual physical clues in the book leading up to it. So I think that's why I enjoy it because it's like a a game almost like it's interactive to a point
1: yeah i love that a bit but i <laughs> bit. the the reason i'm not drawn to the mystery genre is i've read too many bad ones that do the oh gotcha yes but surprise it's, twist that it's surprise twist to. that like they basically retconned half the book to make happen mm-hmm Um, I've seen this a lot in, this is a total aside, but I see it a lot in video games too, where they're, they're like, oh, who's the killer? And then it's like, oh, all those scenes we showed you earlier, like we left out a huge part of it. Yeah. Like the angle of the camera or something. Yeah. And it was like, okay, I just feel kind of cheated at the end of those. And I find some books really do do that. And they're like, oh, you never would have guessed. I'm like, that's because you literally told me that I like the main character was with that person or this and that. Yes. Um I do love the the Who Done It with like an unreliable narrator. Well, that's what I was gonna say. That's
0: kind of like <laughs> the good ones. There's like if you have a unreliable narrator, yeah, it's just it makes it like you're like, it makes sense why yeah. they missed the I don't know this if this thing. is a
1: full um classification uh for that, but uh Gone Girl. Yeah, I, I was that was one of the best and this is slight spoilers if you've never read it and really want to, you might want to skip ahead about a minute (laughs) or a minute or two, but the unreliable narration in that was done tremendously well to the point that like, when it happens and it's kind of revealed, you get why you didn't pick up on it, Mm -hmm. but there were clues Mm -hmm. that that's what was happening and there were clues that this was the actual story being told and it was really well done, I think. And there's not a lot of times where there's a big twist where I think this was really well done and I should have seen it coming, but I didn't. And when when they get you, like, honestly get you, I'm I'm always impressed. Like, yeah.
0: Well, I think it'd be so hard to just write any mystery kind of yeah novel. So I'm always impressed when I'm like, oh, I didn't see that coming. One... Mm-hmm. Um, Book that I've read that like still blows my mind at the end. It's called Turn of the Key by Ruth Ware, and Ruth Ware is like a pretty, I would say she's a pretty popular like yeah, uh like thriller writer. Um, but yeah, basically it starts off with your main character Rowan, and she's writing to her lawyer from prison. So like already it's kind of interesting, and mm-hmm. like, you're like, why is she writing to her lawyer? Like what story is she about to tell? Yeah, um. And she's basically explaining what happened during her time as a nanny at the secluded mansion. Mm -hmm. So originally when I picked it up, I actually thought it was going to be more of a paranormal book. Mm -hmm. Just because, you know, it's like, oh, these weird things are happening in the mansion Mm -hmm. and all of this stuff. And it's just her alone with these kids. The parents aren't there most of the time because they're working, like all this stuff. So it's very interesting because she ends up in jail. And you don't know, like, you kind of know why, but I guess you don't, like, it, she's not, like, a suspect that you would suspect, if that makes yeah. sense. <laughs> so you're like, what happened? Why is she there? And just the ending and
1: how they tie everything together is phenomenal. I do love those. I do love those. Um, and I appreciate them when they're done really well. Mm-hmm. So I, I I, like that. It's not my go-to genre. Because I find, maybe this is a me thing, maybe I just need to talk to you before I pick them up. Yes. But um, (laughs) I don't find that I find the good ones that often. Mm. So I usually, I actually kind of actively avoid unless somebody has said it's tremendous or unless it's gotten kind of popular and I'm like, oh. And that's, yeah, that's totally fair because it is hard.
0: Like I think with any genre that you're not familiar with, it's hard to like sift through the piles and piles of options options yeah (laughs) everything (laughs) yes i like how
1: they're options options Um, i have one more so uh this is kind of a cheap answer to go-to genres because i don't actually know if this is a go-to genre of mine or if it's one that i just really like whenever i do end up going to it Mm -hmm. um i want to actually pick up a little bit more of these um but i am a big fan of steampunk Mm -hmm. Yeah, I do like Mm -hmm. cyberpunk as well. I think that that um, was an interesting aspect of the ones we're meant to find, actually, Mm -hmm. was the cyberpunk-esque things. You know, the details about the tattoos or people being kind of altered in certain ways. Like, I just, I really like that. And it feels a little bit realistic when it's done um, very slightly. Like, it feels like a realistic future. But uh, steampunk, so anyone who's not familiar with steampunk, is the idea that instead of, like, following the petroleum, we went with steam engines (laughs) instead. And so it kind of imagines, like, an alternate reality, really. And so one of the, one really good novel I've read that dealt with this really well was um, Leviathan by Scott Westerfeld. So Scott Westerfeld is actually the author of The Uglies series. and yeah, he. This this novel <laughs> takes place at the cusp of World War One, except everything about history since the invention of um, any sort of like diesel or gas engine it is changed. So retconned into like uh, an actual steampunk. Mm-hmm. So a uh, steam engine, and yeah, so you have the world that kind of divides out a little bit differently. Imagining that and. One of the most fascinating parts of reading this was the little things he played with throughout history that that had to change because of like how the world was different. So like instead of um, like the Archduke and the princess being shot in their car to start World War One, they're actually poisoned during that night. And so it's like little changes like that, that when you notice them in the book, you're like, oh, that's interesting. Because, of course, they weren't shot in their car mm-hmm. because that wouldn't have been the same thing. And so maybe they're not in the same spot, but they still get killed anyway. Mm-hmm. And this is still a catalyst. So it's like this really, really interesting reimagining. He's a really good writer. I've There's a couple of his books that I really, really like. And so, yeah, highly recommend that one if you're interested in getting a little bit more into Steampunk or... You haven't already read it and you love it. Yeah. Well, I was just saying, like, that's probably a good wreck.
0: because I wouldn't even know where to start for steampunk. Like, it's, yeah. it's hard to find. I feel like I feel. that's
1: maybe why it's also not my go-to genre, is yeah. it's, it's, it's mixed in with all the science fiction, and I'm really not drawn to the spacecrafts and the aliens generally. Mm-hmm. Um, and that is a large portion of the science fiction genre. So when I find the steampunk ones and when they're really good, I really love them. Yeah. I like that. You know,
0: on the, like, I know you just briefly mentioned it, but cyberpunk, um, another good book is Warcross. And I think you gave me that book. Yeah. I'm just going to quickly, do you remember the author off the top of your head?
1: No. Nope. Just look it up. Sounds familiar more than I recognize it. So it's by Marie Lu. And I don't think I've actually read this. I don't think you
0: have. And I think you would actually enjoy it, but it is like a cyberpunk um, interesting like virtual reality type book mm-hmm. and it was really well done like it's very entertaining so yeah you know if you wanted to try some more cyberpunk
1: yeah actually think, and that's really know. great uh, i think like ready player one would fall in that category as mm-hmm. well same um, of idea yeah but yeah, I find when I when I do pick up a science fiction novel, I usually, I don't know if I get lucky or yeah. <laughs> but I usually actually really enjoy them. It's just generally they aren't my go-to unless I see a steampunk one and then I'm like, oh, yeah, come to me. That, yeah. Come to me. Uh, yeah, perfect. So that kind of fulfills our go-to genres, which means yeah. we're going on to our promises of what we're going to read over the next two weeks and then we're going to probably break them. Probably. <laughs> we'll see how it goes. Um, um, you go ahead. I'll start. I have uh, Stardust by Neil Gaiman. I mentioned that at the start that I'm about a quarter of the way through. Mm-hmm. I would intend to have that read by the time we meet again for this podcast. So I would say that that's kind of um, a low-level read. I would like to reread... Um, not John. <laughs> not John Green. <laughs> Hank Greens novels because i would like to finish the second one that he just came out with so and i, I want to read that so you got i gotta read it. it first yeah you got to um on, and i did promise i would also read the iron widow so mm-hmm. we'll see which ones i actually get through but those are kind of the ones that are top of my list um and we'll see we'll see if they actually get off of my list <laughs> that's fair
0: um so i'm currently reading the weight of sand by edith Blaze Mm -hmm. and that's her journey of 450 days in Sahara. She was kidnapped. So pretty interesting so far. Um I mean I mentioned this to you earlier, but I'm already really wanting to read like a fiction novel. So I'm I'm petering out and I I will
1: finish it. But I think it's (laughs) I think my best I talked about this off the podcast, but I want to mention it here. I think one of the top recommendations I can have if you're not something who reads a lot of nonfiction or you find it hard to actually get through a full novel like you like like the first half and then you kind of peter out mm-hmm. it's to not be afraid to actually pick up something in between i find i don't do that with fiction books because i'll get confused about characters and plot points and stuff like that but with nonfiction it just like for me it goes to like a separate place in my head yeah. it feels like yeah so like if you need a break i think that's totally fair um and i would say do it and then try to come back to it right after you read like one book like i wouldn't read read like two or three yes yeah but try to come back to it and at least get through a little bit more and then maybe put it down for a little bit again
0: yeah so you know that's what i'm trying to get through Mm -hmm. um my other options i have love looks pretty on you a poetry and prose book by lang leave (laughs) yes which you gave to me for as a christmas
1: You said you wanted to read some different genres and I bought you poetry. Yeah. So (laughs) So that worked out really nicely for you. (laughs) Definitely
0: in it. I really want to at least start it. Like I don't think I will definitely like sit down and read them all just because I'm so new to it. I would highly recommend
1: that for poetry. I'd love to talk more in detail about poetry on a different podcast. But especially for poetry, I would take the I'm going to like like put your bookmark in somewhere and get Mm -hmm. to that point. And then once you're there, take a break. Yeah. don't put it down forever come back to it but like mm-hmm. i don't i also don't like that's something that i would be like oh read a poem at night or something like that too yeah. you know what i mean mm-hmm. just chip away at it like those kinds of books are really great for that because you're not following a plot necessarily um so you can kind of have a little bit more leniency there yeah exactly um and then the other one lore olympus The one that you, that you,
0: uh, which actually, I feel like
1: I need to retract everything I said about my go to genres, actually, because I didn't mention, uh, graphic novels and manga, which I'm always reading. True. So I feel like that's a huge genre of mine. That would count as a genre for sure. Um, If anyone's looking for a great one to get into right now, it is Lore Olympus that I would be recommending. (laughs) So go pick that up because Rachel Smith has made a beautiful work of art. And the great thing about buying graphic novels and mangas. Is that you get a work of art along with the story. And that's mm-hmm. always how I look at it. Like, I never regret buying a book because they're always beautiful. Yes. And yeah.
0: And I think people kind of stay away from graphic novels who don't normally
1: read them. Cause yeah,
0: I don't know. Like, it's almost for me. It kind of reminds me of just like, oh, I used to read Archie comics back in the day, and I was. But Archie
1: comics were fire! Like I know they were. um... They were so lit!
0: Like give me more Archie comics. (laughs) I want to know what's happening with Betty, Veronica, and Archie. Like Jughead Jones. Yes. The
1: thing is, is like there's such a stigma on it, and there doesn't need to be because it is exactly the same. It's not exactly the same, but it is. It is reading. You are still reading. You are still interpreting. You are still imagining. You are still doing all the work. You're actually doing, like, a weird amount of work between each panel in a manga or a comic book where you're imagining that movement. Yeah. And so that's really interesting to me. And when... I tutor, and when parents come to me, and they're like, "Oh, they won't put down their comics." I'm like, "No, no, they can put down their comics. They're reading. They're reading something. They're getting and they're, involved in it. Yeah. And, and and they're great. And they're so and easy they're, to get through. And then mm-hmm. it, it helps with the imagination because you don't have to Im- imagine the characters. You can just see them, or you can add to them. And it it's still firing all the synapses that reading does. And, and- it's yeah, and it's like it's work of, works of art. Yeah,
0: and it's multiple works of art, like." Writing a book is one way yeah. of art, and then having it both together with drawings is, like, awesome. Like, even the boy, the mole, the fox, and the horse that I talked about this morning, <laughs> it's kind of a mouthful. It's, like, beautiful drawings, like, yeah. hand-painted-looking drawings. And, like, if I could, if I wasn't, like, a you know, afraid to demolish my book, I would cut out a
1: picture and, like, put it in a frame. Yeah, on my, they're beautiful. On and, like, my wall, yeah. That is... That is what I love about them. So definitely, um, I'm excited for you to read a Olympus. I actually think you're going to love it. I think anyone who likes either graphic novels, um, if you're a fan of romance Mm -hmm. at all, and you want to see it really well done, pick it up. And if you like Greek mythology, like, um... Pick it up like I've I've recommended this book to a couple of people already and some of them don't read a lot mm-hmm. and I've been like you would just find this hilarious like you would think it was so funny that they drew Hades as this like loner in the <laughs> corner who just like was was so scared about being left behind mm-hmm. and they promised him that they wouldn't forget about him in the underworld and then they kind of did like and so now he has like 12 dogs yeah to keep him company like i think that's hilarious that that's so cute i love that persephone is hot pink <laughs> like she's literally pink like and she's like they she's done such a good job with the mythology in it so yeah i think yep. you're really gonna I'm excited enjoy it. i'm excited for you to read it all right yay all right so we need to pick our next week's topic and not knock down our books in the process i'll shake it That's not a good shake, but
0: you get the idea. (laughs) It's pretty (laughs) tall. All right.
1: Get that good paper sound in there. (laughs) ASMR. Ooh, that's interesting. Okay, so our next week topic is (laughs) books with an open ending that you love. Ooh, I'm going to do some research on this one. I'm going to have to review my bookshelf here. <laughs>
0: oh, an open ending. I Obviously, that's in there for a reason. and Because uh, one of us probably put that in there. <laughs> yeah, so this so is we'll fine. This
1: is not viewer recommended, but we do take viewer recommendations. So that's something we'd like to note at the end of today's podcast, actually. So if you want to send in your topic and you want it, um, put on our podcast. Uh, Send it to our Instagram account. Our handle is at the book jar pod. Um, You can just DM us and we will put it in our book jar and we will add your tag if you want as well. Mm -hmm. Um, So we'll say it on our podcast and all that good stuff. And if you're just looking for some like really fun content on books, then go follow us anyway, even if you don't have a topic in mind. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Also, thank you so much for listening. Thank you guys. Today's podcast. uh, It was great and uh yeah any final words there megan no read lots (laughs) read
0: lots good words good words pick up a graphic novel yeah pick up a graphic novel maybe some poetry if you've never done that because i did it join megan
1: in the the poetry you can do
0: it poetry search that's the the motto
1: now all right thank you so much for listening to the book jar podcast um make sure you follow us on social media make sure you give us a like and a review if you've enjoyed the podcast so far and otherwise can't wait to see you again bye